Jazz win again. First NBA team to 10 wins this season. I thought the Milwaukee Bucks were going to get there, but I believe they just lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I saw a big shot by uh, SGA. Let me check the scores again. Yes. Oh, wait. End overtime. It says that Oklahoma City's up by one, but it's in overtime. 128-128. It must be overtime. So we are the first team to 10 wins this season. Milwaukee Bucks are at nine. So it was basically us and the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe after tonight, if the Bucks lose in overtime, we will be the best team in the NBA. Oh, Phoenix won. So Phoenix could be ahead of us as far as win percentage, but uh, I believe we will have the most wins tied with the Milwaukee Bucks if they win. Uh, If they lose, we will succeed over them. (laughs) So it's in double overtime. Wow. Maybe I'm looking at the score. Maybe this is wrong. But uh, welcome in, guys. Ryan hitting the high notes. If you guys want to talk, uh, I always love hearing your thoughts. Just hit that request button or leave a comment down below. Um, we are live before and after every jazz game on Jasketball Podcast. You can go to jasketball.com. We're mainly on Twitter, though, just because it has Twitter spaces where you can interact with fans, and that's really what makes this show is being able to talk and interact and and get people's feedback on it so uh welcome oh you were here and then you you left and then you're back so welcome back uh the big thing that stood out tonight man the threes the threes were going down we shot 43 percent as a team from the free throw or the three-point line free throws i may have been our best shooting game at the the charity stripe at 83 percent and then field goals, I mean, we were just shooting really well tonight, 46%. Same as Atlanta, but Lowry, Lowry Markinen came in with some clutch threes. He hit six on the night, and then I know Beasley had six. We should call it uh, Bees Threes or the Bees Knees, baby. We got to come up with something catchy. He's got that little shimmy. I think we should call it the, the Bees Knees. Uh, I'll stop there. <laughs> that, that was going to be really dumb so if you have a better idea let's call it something cool but uh let me look at how many yeah my, beasley shot six for ten from the the three-point line and marketing shot six for eight 75 percent for marketing from beyond the arc and 60 percent for malik beasley then you add in Taylor horton tucker THT is dynamite, baby. He this was his coming out game. I felt like well, I felt like last game was his coming out game with the dunk and the confidence going, and then this game he just took it to another level. I even dared to tweet out, uh, and I would love for you guys to to get some feedback on this. Is he passing up Sexton? I know it was only one two games, but for the backup point guard position if you were following us all the way back then i said i i think that tht might be the guy because he he's eerily similar to darren williams obviously he's not to that level of what darren was especially in his prime but he's got the same body type he's he's kind of got the same moves he got those dunks where it's like 
you can't believe he dunked it. He he's got a really long wingspan. He even shoots the three point. It's it's just like Darren Williams embodied almost. And um, man, if, if he can develop, uh, I we saw glimpses. He's he's. I feel like Danny Ainge picked him up because he looks at the best positions in the league and then finds someone that can guard that position, but also produce on the offensive end. And if you if you put uh, Horton Tucker against some of the better guards, I'm thinking like Luka Doncic or these bigger guards, um, those are the matchups where he's going to get minutes. Now, I think Sexton, you know, it, it was an interesting decision by coach because the Hawks were fast. The Hawks were fast, man. And I don't know if it was us being lazy getting back on defense or they were leaking out, but they had so many easy buckets just thrown down. Um, but with DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, it's a fast team. I thought we held Trey Young in check pretty well, except for that one long three where Conley was just kind of backing up. And right before that, Malik Beasley had hit uh, a long-range three as well and I think talked a little trash and it got him fired up. But we contain those guys really, really well. Atlanta's a good team. And like us, they're they're deep, too. They've added some really good players. They didn't have Bogdanovich tonight. So you add another shooter in that can really score. And those guys are, are scary. Uh, DeJounte Murray uh, may be better than Trey Young, in my opinion. Trey Young's just so hard to guard because... You can't decide if he's going to shoot a long-range three or, you know, if you suck out, he's going to drive by you and then either lob it to one of his big guys. Um, I think the turning point really tonight was, well, you can't give any one guy credit because at first it was Walker Kessler, THT, then Lowry, then Beasley, and that's the beauty of this team. It's, it's just at the right moments when a certain player is needed – they step up and they make it happen. Walker Kessler, we had one, I don't know if it was the entire third quarter, I remember them showing it on the screen, one rebound in the third quarter. And Olenek played probably his worst game tonight. And um, I think that'll be the next progression for the Jazz, especially with Clint Capella starting it would make more sense to start a bigger guy like Kessler to to not just guard, but to rebound. Um, he, he came up with two blocks in the first half and then three in the second. Beasley had some timely threes down the end. Uh, we, we have a different lineup again. Sexton's finishing this game, whereas he was on the bench last game. Um, the other thing that we kind of mentioned pregame was Ogbaji and Balmero got sent to the, the stars. And I felt like there was some points where you could have used Ogbaji as far as speed and just some fresh legs. But um, Coach Hardy made some substitutions at the right time. Kessler was a little bit winded at the free throw line and he puts in Vanderbilt. And it was just exactly what we needed at that exact moment. And the way that he works these substitutions so intricately is fantastic. So enough for me. I want to hear from you guys. What stood out to you? How do you feel about being (laughs) the first team in the NBA to win 10 games? Uh, No one's requested to speak, so you got to hit the little request 
button down below. Uh, Drip, you're here. You, you've been here before. Tajin, uh, maybe get the, the conversation started. Jazz Tunes, you're here. Welcome. Jazz fans, pedal faster, Sue. <laughs> I'm guessing that's your wife. Welcome. We've got Brad Team Sports Sumuler. Sumuler? Uh, we've got Matt Barber in here and we've got Ryan Wilkie. Anybody want to talk, just, just request, or if you, if you, uh, have a sore throat because you're sick or something or shy, you can just leave a comment down below. <clears throat> the other thing that kind of stood out while watching the game, I'm going to keep talking until one of you requests, but, uh, our turnovers, it, it felt like, it felt like we had more. We only had 13, um, and if we can keep that under 10, m most games we're going to win. I, I've been saying this whole year, if we can hit 30 assists, that's almost a guaranteed win. We are right at 27, so just short. And then I felt like we were also, we did get out-rebounded 54 to 47. But, oh, and they did out-rebound us on the offensive. No, sorry, I'm looking at the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Why do they have Atlanta in blue and Utah in yellow? I guess yellow really is our new color. Uh, so offensive rebounds, they did out-rebound us by five, which usually does not happen. We're a really good offensive rebounding team, especially with Vanderbilt. I feel like he always gets a second chance points. Um, turnovers, 13. They only had 11. Blocks, we had six. Stills, five to five. And we we had uh, three more assists than them, so it was pretty even night as far as that goes. But I I feel like we we weren't hitting our magic numbers as far as like assists. The ball was pretty dang sticky at one point. It felt stagnant um, with Jordan Clarkson dribble around, and I know that he had one where he jumped up and traveled. But uh, you gotta love this team, like. <laughs> It's so much fun. I went and watched with my grandpa. He's been a jazz fan since uh the Salt Salt Air Palace or the Salt Palace days when the Jazz first came to the state. And uh he's excited. I mean, he after the Darren Williams and Boozer era, he had season tickets and he said, I'm not buying them anymore. I'm just I can't watch these guys. And for the first time in a long time, he's excited. He says this team just works hard, you know, and I've seen tweets where people say if this was the same team last year, they would have given up this lead, and I couldn't agree more. If you saw Cleveland had a 13-point lead the other day, uh, I believe it was Monday night, and lost it. And so you can't help but think, man, is that Don I don't think it's Donovan just himself, but it, like the mentality of your best player has to be a little bit of a killer instinct in, in the closing minutes. And, um, yeah, for, for him to lose a 13 point lead is kind of crazy. He's been playing great basketball. I've, I've done a couple polls. I saw one by another Twitter. I can't remember the user where they said, would you take back, uh, or would you give, give the Minnesota Timberwolves back, um, Vanderbilt and one of their picks to get Rudy back? And it was overwhelmingly no from jazz fans. So that got my brain thinking. And I, I did a poll. You guys can go see the results on, on my Twitter. If we gave everything back that we got for Donovan with him playing at an MVP level, probably the best basketball he's played in his career, would you take Donovan back? You would have to give back Sexton, 
Lowry and Ochai and the picks. And 90% of fans that voted, there, I believe there are 62 votes, said no. I would keep the players that we have. So it's, it's funny how upset we were about the trade and, and upset in the offseason about not having a good team or not being able to compete. And 10 wins. Winning, winning solves a lot of problems. <laughs> winning solves a lot of problems. And, uh, man, I, I feel like the Jazz, Jazz fans and Jazz Nation are just in love with this team. Uh, a lot of it is because there's not that one player that has the ego or is the best player. I, I obviously think Lowry is the best offensive player at times, but it really depends on matchups and this roster that we have allows coach Hardy to be so flexible, depending on whether the game's fast, slow, big, small, but the length that we have is great. Now, Give credit to Atlanta because they ha- they're uh, defensively they have some length and they really uh, made a struggle on the offensive end with their length at times. And they were really keying on on Clarkson. I felt like, um, but our other guys were able to step up. So hitting the high notes is requesting to speak. I am going to turn the time over to you. So the the mic is yours, my friend. Go ahead. I was just making sure that um, nobody else is talking, right? Yeah, yeah, you're the only one. You're the only one that requested, so the mic's yours. <laughs> Maybe not. You're muted again if you want to talk. Just interrupt me if you want to go again. Um, looking around the NBA tonight, let's check scores. Uh, looks like Milwaukee's going to win. Uh, there's 11 seconds in the double overtime. They're up by four. Battle of LA is going on right now, which it wasn't a battle when I tuned in, but it looks like the Lakers have pulled within two. Um, we've got Cleveland and Sacramento. Cleveland's down. Dallas lost to Orlando. What the? It's funny how the media is just really pushing Luka Doncic. I get he's a great player, but does winning just not matter anymore? Like, if you're MVP, your team should be winning. I don't even think they have a winning record this year. Portland wins again. I'm, I really love Portland's team, especially with Damian Lillard. They've been able to win uh, a couple times where they're out or where he's out. They've got Gary Payton Jr. that hasn't even played yet, which will make them so much tougher. Simons is going off, finally hitting his groove. You've got Josh Hart, who hit that big game winner. If you guys didn't see it, go check it out. I believe it was Monday night at the buzzer. Um, they've got another guy. Oh, uh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, they pick up from Detroit. I mean, Portland, if there's a team in the West to be nervous about, I would pick Portland. Um, and I know that probably a lot of national media and talking heads on ESPN aren't going to say Portland because they've, they're kind of like the jazz were right. Like they haven't proven anything. Obviously Damien's hit some big shots and won some series in the, uh, the postseason, but 
they, they've they've had teams that were supposed to be good and just underperformed, but man, they've got a solid, solid team and it's deep too. It's not just like a solid five or six. They've got a really deep team. Uh, Denver is starting to find their groove with Jamal Murray. He looks like uh, he's hitting his stride again. I know their coach called them, him and Jokic, peanut butter and jelly. But no one compares to the Jazz right now. Let's be honest. We're going to go to Washington on Saturday. Uh, so we wait two days for another game, which feels like an eternity right now because the Jazz are so fun to watch. Um, I know we had the, that break over the weekend this weekend, and I tweeted out, man, I wish there was a Jazz game tonight. It just felt like something was missing. I think I think it's because we get so excited for these games. Down, what's up, man? Request to speak because uh, you need to kick this thing off. Everyone else is scared to speak tonight, I guess. Um, the Oh, here's the other thing that stood out to me if you go look at the box score all the starters lowry kelly mike colin well colin wasn't a starter but he's essentially a six man all in the plus minus were negative negative double digits the only one that wasn't negative double digits was vanderbilt but then in that third quarter, I feel like Kessler is the one that changed that momentum with the the block and then goes down and gets the dunk, and that kind of reignited us in the third. Um, Atlanta came out hot in the third and and really took it to us, but plus minus, <laughs> Rudy Gay leads us plus minus. Can you believe that? Because I know a lot of Jazz fans have been hating on playing Rudy Gay. Um, he gets He gets 18 minutes. He had two points, uh, six rebounds, so he had quite a few rebounds, but it's, it's, it's hilarious that he leads us in the plus-minus. Then you have Jordan Clarkson and Taylor Horton Tucker next at 17 and 16. Taylor Horton Tucker, man, he... I love that we have Sexton and Taylor Horton Tucker because if they, vol- if they both um, evolve and become the players that they they could be like really hit a high potential we could have a dirty dirty backcourt um they both can guard they're both quick and can score well okay taylor horton tucker isn't quick but he has like quick moves where he can get his own shot off so you can play with at two different speeds with both of those guys hey you guys there Anybody there? I've had my mic on mute for the last... I've been just going off about the jazz. I'm so sorry. I'm like, why is nobody talking? And uh, hitting the high note, you you were like, uh, can I talk? And I'm like, you guys request to talk. I'm such a rookie. I think I think I was. I've just been so excited. Usually I don't do that, but uh, so I'm talking about Taylor Horton Tucker right now and Colin Sexton evolving into the players that uh, they can be, which is so nice for the Jazz because they basically can play at two different tempos. If they need to play fast, they can. If they need to slow it down, they can. With Taylor Horton Tucker, both guards I feel like can guard different players. Um. 
And it's, it's, it's just nice to have, especially if they both evolve into point guards. We might have a, a nasty backcourt. So uh, I'm going to let someone else speak here. Dallin, did you request? Oh, no. Let's go hitting high notes. Uh, go ahead and unmute. The mic's yours. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Let somebody else talk. I was I was just uh, trying to figure out why it was so quiet in the room. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, man. I've literally been recording this for 20 minutes, and then I look down like, why is nobody – usually people are interacting and no one's interacting tonight. This is so weird. So that was – How impressive was that we all sat in this room? Uh, there, there must be a lot of jazz love in the air because a lot of people sat in this room waiting – for you to start space and, and they just they're so excited to talk about the jazz or <laughs> the three jazz. well, well like, I, <laughs> yeah i i heard you and i was like oh, i guess you got shy and don't want to talk anymore but uh that was secretly just a plan of mine so that you guys can go listen to the first 20 minutes on the podcast and uh it'll get more more downloads that way <laughs> there you go. yeah i think there's somebody else requested to speak because uh yeah, we've got we've got someone else. Uh, looks like you might be from France, Eli Fanu. Is that right? Or you, you do you want the mic? You requested to speak. You can speak if you uh, unmute. If not, no worries. So I will say that um, you have um, uh, you know like I, I know that you came on and, and also like one of the KSL podcasts that uh, or not space that we did. Preseason, and you were one of the people who were very pro this Jazz team. Yes, um, uh, even before, like you know, there was no talk of tanking. Um, but I, you know, I'll be first to admit they are very surprising to me. I, I didn't think that you could put a collection of guys together under a first-year head coach and gel this quickly. It's a testament to this team, a testament to this coach, Will Hardy. Um, so, but like even this has to surpass your. Wallace's expectations, right? That fourth quarter, the Jazz, who I, many of us Jazz fans have PTSD from last year, uh, seeing you know seeing a fourth quarter lead or a tight game go in favor of the Jazz is this weird to see because we haven't seen it seen it in, in so long. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so I didn't really want to say that I was like excited about this team before the season and when we were winning in the beginning because. I just felt like everyone's like, oh, he's going to be full of it. But I remember as the trades were going down, telling my brother, because I was really d- digging into the players and who we were getting. And I knew Danny Ainge was able to get good players just from his Boston um, experience and, and his resume. So as I kept diving into each player more and more, I, I kept telling my brother, we have like, we have some players. We really have some players. And uh, I started piecing it together. Now, I didn't think Kessler was going to be this good. I didn't think we would be the first team to 10 wins. Um, but I, I do remember telling my brother, we might be able to like make the playing game. And, and I don't think Danny Ainge is going to try and tank. So um, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything, but it, it's just... The the haul that we got back for Donovan Rudy, I think everyone can can see now um, how valuable it all is because we don't even we haven't even used any of the draft picks that we got from those guys. So I, I saw a stat today. Uh, I can't remember the length, but since Danny Ainge came over to the Utah Jazz, 
he has acquired 15, one, five, 15 first round picks. Now, imagine the leverage that that gives you. Like, if this team becomes a playoff team and we actually want to compete to win, not a championship this year, I mean, maybe if if everything goes how it is now we we could somehow miraculously be there but if if we become a playoff team and Danny Ainge says let's w- try and win a series let's try and get these fans on our side they they've lost so many first round series he could trade for a, a marquee player with those draft picks or with current players that we have do i think that's going to happen probably not do I want to see Mike Conley come back on a veterans minimum next year? Yeah. The way he's playing now, yeah. Do I want Jordan Clarkson to stay around? Yeah, he's a fan favorite. He's evolving his game. It, it, it would be hard to see those guys go, but if the right deal comes along, it, like, wh- why not? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking at right now. I think Mike Conley is on contract for next year anyway. Oh, is he? he has, oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's got like, it's, it's, it's partially, it's like $24 million guaranteed next year or so. Is it player option, though? Or no? Uh, let's see. Contract fully. Oh, so next year is, he's, uh, he's on the hook for $24 million, $14 million guaranteed. So, okay. uh, no, yeah. So it's basically a team option if they want to cut him to save some money, but he's, on, he's, he's, here, he's here next year. So, well, oh yeah, for 14 I think the veteran minimums. 10 if i'm right uh veteran there was it goes up with years right but it's that's like three-ish billion um but like that's it's 14 guaranteed if he gets cut if he's if he's playing on the giants it's 24 million so okay he'll okay next year at the 24 million dollar dollar number yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do with mike conley because right now he's the guy that comes in and kind of calms things down but he's also mentoring sexton and tht i think it's so valuable for him to teach those guys. I also think he he fits better with this team. Like the way that they ran the pick and roll with Rudy, it I don't want to say he was limited, but he kind of was. It was either lob it, and if you didn't pass it right to where Rudy could catch it, it, it was hard. And uh, if he wasn't close enough to the basket, you know then he's just kicking it out and you're resetting your offense with this group. I feel like Mike Conley is so good at making decisions and we have so many talented big men that can shoot or make a play like Lowry that it's really opening up his game. And I think this is the best he's played in a jazz uniform since we've had, well, he's played some pretty dang good teams, but or pretty, pretty dang good series in years. But uh, he's he's on the top of his game right now, so it'd be hard to see him go. I also think Clarkson's just evolving his game. He's doubled his assist ratio from la- or average from last year already. I think he's not looking to score as much, but get other people involved, and he he's scoring at the right time. His defensive intensity has also picked up. I don't know how many blocks he's had. Oh my gosh, they're showing on it. Sorry, on ESPN, <laughs> they just showed the Taylor Horton block out of bounds and he went out of bounds ran back in goes down and he had a wide open dunk but kicked it to the corner jordan clarkson uh this team's this team's special man so so yeah like 
Um, I was actually, I, I missed that play because I was out getting something in. So I talked to our, our the, the sports anchor over here at KSL and I asked Sam, hey, Sam, what happened? He's like, he goes, well, he got the block. He's going down and he look, he's, he's like going full speed and he's going to dunk it. And yeah. then he goes up and you're like, oh, he's not dunking it. And nobody saw Jordan Clarkson fade to the corner. Everybody thought, THC's gonna throw it out of bounds. So that's kind of a fun play. Yeah, I thought he threw it out of bounds. I was like, I watching it on TV. I didn't even see Jordan Clarkson there. Yep, yep. So um, it, it's, it's so here's a another question for you there. So a lot of people are we're hearing it all. We're hearing it all. Well, when I say here, I, I see it all over Twitter. This is the this is a fun jazz team. Um, because we're, we're comparing it to last year, right? Last year was such mm-hmm. a slog to watch. It was hard. And it's weird to say because you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Rudy Gobert. Um, how could how could that be not a not fun team? But it wasn't. It just wasn't. You were there. You felt it. It was it miserable. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, my God. This, and there's something about not having the weight of expectations on your on your shoulder. You come into this year thinking this, um, a lot of people thinking this team might be a 20-win team. Thinking this team, you know, you said, you know, like this might be a play-in team, um, ceiling-wise, then they've crushed every expectation. Um, and I, I don't know, like thinking back to two years ago when the Jazz were number one in the NBA, what feels different? What feels more fun about this team versus the team two years ago that was number one in the NBA? Or is there a difference? Yeah, I think there's a huge difference. We, we've actually talked about this on the podcast before pretty in depth and talking about how it's nice to not have expectations. But the two things that I see people talking about, like, is this sustainable? And the two stats that I go back to that the jazz are really good in the NBA are one assist and two steals. We might not be the best defensive guarding team, but we do get steals. I believe last time I checked, I think we were second. It might've dropped off. Um, Third. So we're third in the NBA in stills at 8.9 per game. And then we're sixth in the NBA in assists, 27 per game. So that's why I say if we if we hit that 30 point mark as far as assists, uh, I think that's what can keep this uh, sustainable along with those stills. You've got Vanderbilt, um, Clarkson, Kessler gets stills, Olinick. Um so the difference with this team, I feel, is they just work harder. And we've talked about it where if they were even just working this hard and losing games, I still think the fan base would be okay. But it felt like the team, especially with the blown leads all the time last year, like that takes a lot of energy from the opposing team to come back. And then for you to not even fight back at all, uh, I think that's the biggest thing in um, with Donovan, with the polls that I've ran with the fans, it, it, it's almost like we don't miss them. I think we fell in love with the hope of actually winning a championship with them being the first, uh, the best record in the league and, um, then adding other players always gave us hope. So I think the biggest difference with this team is it's a team effort. It's not it's not one or two players that we're relying on. Like we relied heavily on Donovan Mitchell offensively and sometimes Clarkson, if he was going, but I mean, Donovan took a majority of the shots. And I, I think that that is what killed us a lot of the time because it it made other players cold. And then if, if Donovan wasn't on, it it was just over. And then 
On the other end, Rudy Gobert, we relied so heavily on him that we became a bad perimeter defense. And uh, teams exposed us in the playoffs. They would just draw Rudy out and shoot a three, and uh, we didn't make adjustments. So those are those are mine off the top of my head. I'm sure if I thought about it, about it a little more and looked at numbers, we could dive in more. But uh, I'm going to let Tajan uh, request, or he is requesting to speak, so I'm going to let him go. Tajan, the mic is yours, my man. You there? Can't hear. Oh, you there? It says he's a listener, not not requested. No, he's, it says on my end he's a speaker, and he just unmuted his mic, but I can't hear him. Just go ahead and uh, cut me off if if you can talk i know dallin are you are you here uh we always love to hear your beautiful vocals you changed your your thing to the fakers there we go you're requesting you're on bro i am here can you hear me <laughs> loud and clear perfect <laughs> how are you feeling how after the 10th win Oh, amazing! Um, geez, man, I uh, that Laurie Markin in first quarter was I was like, goodness gracious, is he gonna hit a fifty point mark tonight or what? Yeah, I, but, I called that forty piece the other night, and I was like, maybe this was the night I should have called it. And I didn't know that his career high was only thirty five. That's crazy. Yeah, so he had he had I believe twenty two in the first half, and then finished with thirty two. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he he but hit some clutch threes down the stretch. I was thoroughly impressed with Taylor Horton Tucker. That guy, um, he may be playing himself into the backup point guard position, and I, I could see Sexton playing right alongside him as just the change of pace player and uh, with the backup unit. So. Um, it, Coach closing with Beasley instead of Olenek was clutch with Beasley hitting all those big threes. Um, yeah, just just the way that Will Hardy's a, uh, willing to just adjust to what the t- other team's given us is just speaks volumes about how he's doing as a coach. And like just the contrast between him and Quinn, like last, you know, Quinn was just stuck in his ways and would always just always stick with the same lineups and it was just got so rigorous that people could just guess that when stuff was going to happen we would just fold we, we would have folded last year with that team against the hawks that it just happened last year yeah. yeah yeah it'd be interesting to look up um how many different finishing lineups we've had this year because like you said hardy is really good at knowing who's having a a good game and who's struggling, and even just last game, it was it was uh, Sexton over Conley, and then or uh, not Conley, sorry Clarkson, and then Clarkson finished tonight. So uh, from game to game, you know maybe a player gave more last game, and coach can see that, or he's he's just having an off night, and so he puts in a different a different guy and. Uh, yeah, we're, I mean, you got Taylor Horton Tucker, Walker Kessler, Rudy Gay, Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Jared Vanderbilt, Kelly Olenek, 
Lowry Markkinen. Uh, Nikhil Alexander didn't play, and Fontecchio didn't play. Um, I, I don't know if Azabuki's ever going to see the, the floor again. We were talking about how we don't think he's going to... I mean, maybe he'll, he'll, maybe he'll make some team as a backup, but uh, it, it's fun to watch because Hardy has so many different weapons that he can use, and I feel like the big difference is he trusts all of them uh, in different situations, whereas Quinn... Quinn just had his lineup is is a little bit more of a old school way of coaching, which hey, if if you've got the right players, it can work. But yeah, the the fan base was getting tired of of not making the correct adjustments, especially uh, in the playoffs when you're playing the same team possibly seven games in a series. Like you've got to be able to make those adjustments and. That'll, that's what'll be fun is if we do get into the playoffs to be able to see what what Hardy will game plan and come up with in the playoffs. Yeah, what I'm about to say is like I, I don't want to be I'm not like a, a Quinn apologist or anything, but last year the team also had very few spots where you could really like if Rudy was having a yeah. bad game, you're not taking Rudy Gobert out, you're not taking Donovan Mitchell out. Like there, there are like this and this the the depth that the Jazz have this year. They have a lot more interchangeable pieces. Like, no one's going to cry if Olympic is being pulled out for uh, Walker Kessler, right, or vice versa. Uh, Malik Beasley instead of uh, Jared Vanderbilt. There's a lot more mix and match this year than uh, the team that Prince Snyder had, and part of it is because you don't have two big stars there that you have to play all the time. Yeah, yeah, part of it's that. Part of it's also the front office and getting the right players. I, I don't think... We were able to get the right players. Um, you bring in Ryan Smith, who's probably willing to spend money if needed. But if you, it, the one thing that or scenario that I thought tonight was when, um, hang on, Tajan. Hey, Dallin, could you mute yourself? The one thing that I noticed is Kessler. I thought that he was going to finish the game tonight because he really turned it around the momentum and the game. And I thought, man, we really have got a rebound at the end of this game so that we can win. And Vanderbilt came in and it made me a little bit nervous uh, just because Kessler's coming out. We were having a hard time rebounding. And uh, <laughs> to your point, I think you're, you're dead on. We didn't have the players that we needed in order for Quinn to make those adjustments. but. Part of that is because we may have overpaid Rudy. Um, I would like to bring this conversation back up because I feel like now Jazz fans are kind of over. I know we all loved Rudy Gobert and we watched him grow, but even my grandpa brought this up without me bringing it up tonight. He says, I think Walker Kessler is going to be twice as twice the player that Rudy Gobert will be. And how can, like, how can you argue that? Because offensively, his hands are better, his feet are better, his decision-making is better, and then he's, he's right below Rudy, I believe, for averages um, blocks per game. So defensively, he's there, he's a presence, and, and makes a difference. He can rebound. Obviously, it's his rookie season, so I think it's, it might be hard for some fans to say, oh, you're, you're out of your mind, but if he progresses the way Rudy does or did – uh, he's gonna be a freaking force in the middle. What do you guys think? Well, uh, as far as uh, 
Kessler becoming what Rudy could be or more. We're recording this, so somebody can clip this and cancel you if they want to, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, I, I sh- Go ahead, sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say, I, I think Kessler is already there. I mean, barring any injury or anything like that, at least at this trajectory, I, I mean, from what for a rookie, I mean, he was a like a defensive player of the year in college. Yeah. Uh, I think he knows his role. Like, he's he's a coachable... He, he knows that he he's, like, what he's there for. He's still going to develop, but for a rookie to make such an impact to where... I don't really even miss Rudy Gobert at this point. Um, it, it says a lot. Uh, I think it's, he's only going to get better. And uh, the other thing I was going to say about this team from last year is that we really have like literally almost like a starting 10 at this point. Because when we were down by 10 in the third quarter, and then we brought in our uh, bench, we brought in Horton Tucker, they brought us back into the game. And the thing is, it's like... Uh, with our lineup, we have like five points of attack at any point. Even Kelly Olenek, he can shoot a shoot a three or he can even drive to the basket. Mark and then can do the same thing. So the point of attack on this team can come from anywhere. And the guys off the bench, Horton, Tucker, Sexton, uh, even Beasley had a great game today. You really have like nine guys that can put up a bucket. And for the opponent, they have to really play hard defense. And that kind of wears them out too to where they really have to clamp up on every guy that we have because everybody can make a basket. Last year, it was just Clarkson off the bench was the attacking point, or it was Mitchell. And Conley couldn't really flow with Rudy the way he was flowing tonight. Tonight, he was just, he was all over the place. He was just, the ball was just flowing like butter. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you missed this part, but the plus minus, I think you're you're 100% right with this, the starting 10 our bench outperformed as far as a plus minus uh most of our starters and even sexton six man were uh, in the negative double digits besides vanderbilt so the depth is insane and i don't feel like atlanta hawks were like shorthanded they've got aaron holiday justin holiday um, obviously they're missing Bogdanovich, which I think will add another element to that team. I think they're going to be atop the East for sure. Um, but that, that was no slouch team. Um, I saw someone tweet out, it might, it may have been David Locke that this was the best win of the season. Do you guys feel like that? Because the the first one I, I felt like was the biggest win was Minnesota and Walker Kessler getting a block on Rudy and then it's just snowballed from there but this feels like a pretty big win especially after Atlanta beats Milwaukee we didn't really have to really even win today like I think I don't think the expectation was there because we're you know making the east coast trip we already had two games against the Lakers and the game against the Clippers but we we stuck it out the the bench came through and uh, that was pretty impressive because it really kind of was a game to where if we didn't win, it would have been like, okay, it was a road trip. We still have another game ahead. But they pulled it out, and they, they've been closing games this year, and that's something we haven't seen last year. Right, yeah, there was a point where we were down in the fourth. That's one of one other thing that's really impressive with this team is they're able to, to win even when they're down, you know, five minutes in the fourth quarter. And I had the same thought uh, that, hey – it's all right. Like we, we played really hard. We're probably going to lose. And then we just hit those threes. I believe it was Malik and Lowry. 
and then we just get that 10 point lead and then we keep it and it's insane and someone said ptsd i think us as jazz fans ha- do have ptsd it's it's not a joke like we have it from the the la- the previous years and and losing all these leads it's hard to get out of that mindset because we were all so invested in this team that was supposed to be good and we really had hope and i think we had our hearts broken we had our little, little tiny, whiny hearts broken here in Utah. But what do you guys think about this being the best win of the season? Somebody else? I believe I just had Dat Landon. How about you? We haven't heard from you tonight. Oh, man, the Utah Jazz, baby. Sorry, yeah, baby. I, I just, this is, it's crazy. I don't know what's happening. I really don't. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm I I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> I want to go into every game still thinking we're tanking because I feel like every time I get my hopes up, this is what we start to lose games. But this team does feel a little bit different, though, which is weird to say. Donovan, without Mitchell and Gobert, it weirdly seems like we're better. <laughs> Just I, I, I can't believe what's happening right now. And I absolutely I think I'm in love with Will Hardy. Would you marry him? I I honestly might. I, <laughs> if he wins, if if he can bring Utah a championship, I might have to marry Will Hardy. Dude, yeah. If he brings a championship, I mean, I don't think it's going to be this year because um, there's so many good teams with experience. But if mm-hmm. he brought it within the next five to eight years, oh my gosh, this place would probably have a statue bigger than Carl and John out front of oh, Will yeah. Hardy. And and just Will Hardy would have both of his hands on Carl and John's head like he was baptizing them or something. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not gonna swear, but I'm. Uh, I'll play a game. I'm uh, Jerry Sloan, Quinn Snyder, and Will Hardy. Mary screw kill. <laughs> uh, well, oh, pass. Somebody else answer that question. <laughs> Mary and Will Hardy, and that's all that needs to be said. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't kill Jerry Sloan, so you know who the other one would be that I'd have to kill. Um, man, uh, one thing that I would say, Datlandon, is, and, and other jazz fans, because I know the tank word keeps coming up, and I saw a pretty funny tweet. I retweeted it. Um, someone said, hey, I found the tank you were looking for, and it's all the jazz players like on an army tank ready to just take over. And uh, I think as jazz fans, we're here. Like, we need to stop saying the tank word. And you you need to just, I know our hearts, we're trying to protect our hearts. But, like, this team ain't tanking, man. This team's not tanking. They're not. They're not tanking anymore. We're, we're at the top. We've, we've got a good sample size of 13 games. Um, if, if it was, like, against worse teams. But we're beating playoff teams. Atlanta's a good team. And I just think we need to get away from tanking and cheer this team on and enjoy the ride because um, whatever happens from this point, whether we make the playoffs or not, if we do make the playoffs, great. And that'll be great for this team to get some playoff experience. If we don't, then we get a better draft pick. And we we get Houston, Philadelphia, or Timberwolves draft pick. And right now, that's not looking too shabby. We also have another draft pick. Um slip in my mind who it's from and then our draft pick which our draft pick if if it were to come out right now would be the worst one yeah go ahead <laughs> it's the, so it's the worst of milwaukee philadelphia or, or the rockets so whatever one is the whoever has the best record that's the best draft pick the jazz get 
No, and that's not this year. That's this year. Yep, that's this year. I think the no, I think it's I think it's the Rockets, Mil, uh, the Rockets, Philadelphia, and. Brooklyn and, and and the Nets. Those the worst of those. Three. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, the worst the worst of those three is who the Jazz get. So, uh, if, if Philadelphia and Milwaukee miss the play, or Milwaukee, if uh, Brooklyn missed the playoffs, then that's great. And it's Minnesota. So those are the three draft picks. You have three draft picks in this draft. So, how do you guys feel about Jacques Vaughn being hired, a, a former Jazz man taking on that mess in Brooklyn? <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. They won, get like, they, they won by like 30 tonight, didn't they? So, no. <laughs> they beat the Knicks by like, they, they, they beat the brakes off the Knicks tonight. Oh, well, the Knicks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think, well, the talks are that, that Kyrie Irving's not going to come back at all. That could possibly make them better, but is there a team that you see picking him up or trading for him? The Jazz. The Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers, huh? Patrick Beverly oh. to the the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Lakers would love him, right? Like, um, uh, fans will winning cures a lot of things, so fans will forgive a lot of things um, uh, if, as long as you bring in the winner. Um, but the the NBA is a lot different than say like the NFL. Um, you know, we're seeing that there's a lot of backlash when Ime Udoka's name comes up in the the Nets coaching search. Uh, Miles Bridges better never get a job in the NBA ever again. Uh, Josh Primo, uh, a former lottery pick, yeah. is probably going to be out of the league for uh, at least a couple years. So the NBA has done a, a lot of things where they, where they, where I mean, if you have a blemish on your mark, you're not going to be able to cream hunt or Tyreek Hill your way back into the NFL in, in a right. year. Right. Um, Kyrie Irving is a very special player. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm half joking when I say winning cures everything, but I'm, I wonder if he's the exception to the rule where if he went to LA, people just kind of go, okay, well, turn a blind eye and then hope he hope, hope he he doesn't mess up in the in the year that he's there or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's a wonder that these guys don't just hire someone like to say, look, don't get on social media if you really want. I'll hire a social media manager to post all of your sponsorships or whatever, but. Like what? I don't know. As an NBA player, I wouldn't want to put any of that stuff out. One, because especially with someone like Kyrie voice or Kyrie voice, Kyrie Irving's voice and platform and just how well he's known, like uh, how dumb can you be to post that and not think that there's going to be any backlash or any consequences? Um, uh, a lot of these guys grew up in the social media, like, um, uh, like, they're they're younger than I am, right? They're they're younger than thirty, so they grew up with social media. So this is like, this is them, and so um, it's it's not that uh, crazy that they um uh, that they I don't want think to be even cares. Like I think Kyrie, he got his oh, ring, right? He's yeah, he's got his ring, and he's just like he doesn't care really about. I mean, I guess him having a ring now kind of that goes to his legacy. But other than that, he's, he's, he's a little bit out there. I don't know. Like he's, it'd be tough to have him on a team. I think the only, uh, only, only one that can kind of tame him would be maybe LeBron. If he went to LA and just him and the AD and LeBron might make it work just because LeBron would maybe like be his big brother again. Like he was in Cleveland. But <laughs> LeBron's he, <a> bum. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like Kyrie, if Kyrie wasn't in Cleveland with LeBron, I 
I feel like he was a huge part of winning that championship. And I think Kyrie feels that way too. So I don't know. I think him teaming up with LeBron might just be a, a huge uh, explosion waiting to happen. But I got knows? a controversial question. That- have you ever heard the term uh, champagne problems? Like it's it's basically a problem that only rich people have. <laughs> yeah. You got to remember that like, these guys are these guys yeah. are you know one hundred times the worth uh, that I have. Right. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes like it's hard for us to like. Well, this is what they should do or what we think they. But that's what a normal person would do. These guys are out. They do literally live in different worlds. I'm literally sorry, but, but they're they also live in different worlds, right? So they're a different type of. And amongst NBA players, they're also different. Like they're they're like the prima donnas, the one you know, the mm-hmm. elite of the elite. Of so the, yeah, so they don't really care about what. Yeah, they should be doing what's good for the team. Was and think well, like like an NBA player is a top 400, you know, player. Like NBA player is a top 400 player in their profession. Uh, profession. And then, you know, Kyrie is yeah. near the top of that, too. So it's, it's like different mountains for everybody. Yeah. And that's why they do weird things. So, yeah, it's it's hard to come from a, a normal, uh, everyday man thinking to go, you know, put yourself in their shoes and what's going through their mind. Because I think a lot of it, too, they're so young and they get this money and they come up with their own philosophies where they get so far away from the everyday person that, it, you're probably dead on. They they don't care. They've got so much money and they don't care what the consequences are. If they don't have to play anymore, they'll still be fine. But uh, anyways, let's get back to the jazz. The next one we've got is on Saturday against the Washington wizards. And then we, the very next day on Sunday, we go and play the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, do we go two and Oh, do we drop one? And if we do drop one, which one? Two and Oh, I'm with you. After tonight, probably. Two Who, who's this other one besides 76ers? Uh, Washington. The Wizards, we, the Wizards are bad. The if we lose, very, yeah. Very, if, we, uh, if we lose to Washington, I might cry. Okay, so let's 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 I can see us losing to the Philly. And yeah, let's start it here. We what if we don't beat Washington? That's like a given. But are we beating Philadelphia on the on a back to back on the road? Depends if Embiid plays. Yeah. Do you so? Uh, I mentioned the next progression for the Jazz. To me, it's obvious. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is seeing this, but Kessler needs to start over Olenek, especially like tonight when Clint Capella's there. Uh, for sure, in my mind, Embiid, because who else are you going to have guard Embiid besides Kessler? Nobody. <laughs> Olenek, dude, what do you, you can't you keep doubting him, and then he no clutch wins at the end. Come on, no, I'm still doubting him on the defensive end unless he's taking a charge on somebody. But I just no. can't I, unless unless the game plan is just let Embiid get as many points as he wants and uh, tire him out. But I, I would really love to see Kessler go against Embiid. I'm okay with Embiid jacking up threes. Capella <laughs> yeah. dominated the boards today. He had like 19 rebounds, but it didn't. I mean, it didn't matter at the end because we rebounded well as a team. So if we just let Embiid go off, then the we'll have to. You know, the the rest of the Sixers will have to still come through. I don't think he can win it go ahead. And I think I think Vanderbilt's got to be on Maxi. Yeah, 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 for sure. We can't let him start going for 40 <laughs> yeah so i i don't think even if you put kessler on and beat it's he's not gonna like shut him down or stop him but i feel like he'll make it a little bit more hard 
uh, for Embiid on the offensive end and tire him down so he's not as much of a factor in the um, end. Also, on the other hand, I'm a Kessler rookie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Embiid, a superstar. That's a, that's, a, that's a good way to get your uh, best defender in foul trouble early. Yeah. It'll be interesting because Olenek started over him every game. Um, and Kess, uh, I, I feel like Olenek's in foul trouble more than Kessler is. That's why you just start Olenek. And so, I mean, it, it's, it's probably, I mean, well, obviously, we're not, we're, we're talking about, we're, we're talking about, there's gonna be, they're gonna throw three guys at, at Embiid. It's gonna be Dandy, Olenek, and Kessler rotating in and off him because Embiid's a very good player. On the other hand, um, uh, Olenek on the other on the other side of the ball, um, MB's got to guard the perimeter now because Olenek um, has is a threat out there. So I think we got to temper our expectations with Kessler. I mean, he is playing against a lot of the second unit big guys. So I mean, yeah. But I, 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 he, underst- I understand the excitement behind him. He's a great two way player, and he definitely uh, way head and shoulders above where Rudy was at when we, at this point in Rudy's career. Well, I, I'm not even like saying that he, I, I just think he's our only option to, for matchups as far as a big man, like a good, a true big man. That's going to like bang down. Cause Lowry can't do it. And Olenek's your next best, but Olenek is little undersized and he's not the greatest rebounder. If he's, if he has to jump off the ground, he's, he's fine at boxing out, but if he has to out jump somebody, it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you're, what you're saying. <laughs> we'll see. It'll be interesting. <laughs> so we'll have to I, go through all the matchups and see how we stack up. Sorry to go back to the tanking discussion, but I don't think <laughs> tanking ever. I don't think tanking ever works. To be honest with you, like where has tanking ever led you to a player that stays on that team to a championship? Tim Duncan's. Yeah, Tim Duncan's and, the one I remember and too. That, and, and out of how many teams that have ever tanked, that's the only time it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if we tank, you know, our chances are what fourteen percent. So yeah, I'm. That's is, is Wimby a Tim Duncan? N- not in my mind, and I feel like uh, with Danny Ainge, I'm, I'm not the expert on who to pick, but I am putting my trust in Danny Ainge to make the right right decisions as far yeah, as that goes go get Jalen Brown from the Celtics <laughs> dude you know who else I was thinking uh might be a player to pick up that's getting sick of their team is Anthony Edwards um yeah I I just don't like his whole attitude of not that, yeah, yeah. That. yeah hey if he'll tear the rim off a couple times I'll I can put up with the attitude. <laughs> I'm more about three and D. Like I want some defensive players that can shoot. Can, can he, he shoot the ball really well? Um, yeah. yeah, he can. He can shoot. He's he's more like really aggressive and and is a great finisher and can just dunk. But the other night, he he just barely got his first dunk of the season, and that's because wow. the so paint's clogged up. Like Rudy. Wow. Yeah. Like how does that happen? You only get that means they're playing really slow in the half court, and the and the lane is just that. Just goes to show, like, you know how happy Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley are this year about having an open lane. Maybe that maybe he's that's the reason why he's upset because Rudy's down there. Yeah, so I was I was gonna say you get we're talking about getting Jalen Browns, whatever. Like I don't think we need him. We got our superstar. We got Jordan Clarkson. 
Dude, I'm okay riding the rest oh, of this. I'm, I'm okay riding the rest of the season out with this team, just just the way that they've started and to see how they would finish. Um, the only one I would love to get rid of is Rudy Gay. Absolutely. And because yes. uh, I think I think yeah, he just needs to to go. I guess at some point in his career, he averaged over 20 points a game. Like, watching him play sometimes, I'm like, this guy used to With Memphis. have, like, 22 points a game. Yeah, <laughs> used to. <laughs> LeBron used to be on a winning team, too. I'm trying to pull up. Uh, but, but LeBron didn't win anything until he got somebody else, so... Well, yeah, LeBron's always had other people. He had Dwayne Wade and Bosh. Uh, he had Kyrie Irving. What's his other one? He had Anthony Davis. Even tanking for the Cleveland Cavaliers didn't even work for them. They had to bring Kyrie in. And... Yeah, which I think I think you 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 got to have more than one player to do it, anyways. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to look up the Phoenix, not the Phoenix. Phoenix Suns won, so I think they're ahead of us in the standings as far as per- winning percentage. Um, another loss for the Timberwolves, though, which is good. And then I'm trying to look up the 76ers schedule because I are they on a back-to-back too? Uh, do they play Saturday and then they play us Sunday? Does anybody know? That would help us. Then that means Embiid probably wouldn't play. But with Embiid not playing, that I don't know. I, that's the thing is like I, I feel like teams play up when their stars are out, but. Let me try and pull this up so that I can give you guys the right info. Anybody yet? Sorry. Donovan Mitchell's going off right now. Is he? He has 15 of the Cavs, 21 in the third. Who are they playing? Sacramento. They're actually losing by four going into the Mm -hmm. fourth. I could see Cleveland falling off. Fox isn't going to score 40 points for him and come back. That could be another guy that the Jazz target if he gets disgruntled is Donovan Mitchell. He looked good in a jazz jersey. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> he's he's lightening up in that game. He's what five for ten and three, thirteen. Yeah, there's no way he's coming back here though. No, no, no. What about, what do you guys think about bringing like Gordon Hayward, Hayward back? <laughs> 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 there's a former jazz man we could go after. No, I, wouldn't I mean, we got Donovan as a thirteenth pick. Dude. No, this so, this draft this year is so stacked. Like we don't even really have to get a, number, a top five pick. It'd be yeah. awesome. This draft is so stacked. Having three picks in this draft is already a luxury. Yeah, we've got three this year, I believe. Three in twenty twenty five, three in twenty twenty seven, and then three in twenty twenty nine. So like, yeah, uh, not necessarily that we're gonna pick all those. I but. You know, if we need to make a move or make a trade, we've got so many assets. I don't think we we really realize how much leverage we have. Yeah, I really hope we deal some. Well, um, we've been going about an hour. I'm trying to find 76ers, and I can, it's kind of hard to do it with one hand. Uh, oh, we've got one more guest. I think up. he tried to speak earlier go ahead if you uh you're on mute or you you're able to speak now you there scion oh yeah Eli? go ahead where are you from i'm from salt lake right on yeah 
Uh, I was just want to say, you know, as we were talking about bringing back former Jazz players, I said, what do you guys think it would, it would take to bring back Jay Crowder? Yeah, that's some. That's uh, I was reading an article about him because Cam Johnson just went out, and he would be perfect for them right now. I'm wondering if they're kicking themselves, but it's someone that isn't really in the media anymore, and the, the NBA or you know national media is not talking about him. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what it would take to get Jay Crowder, but I think he would bring a nastiness to this team that would just send us to the next level. What do you guys think? He'd fit perfectly. I like it. Yeah, if he got Rudy Game in it, hell yeah. Oh, baby. Absolutely. I, I was I was a little upset when they didn't re-sign him because I, I, I mean, all the teams he's gone to, he's helped in playoff runs. I believe only two years of his career he hasn't been in the playoffs. And so, yeah, that's a guy that if we do make it to the playoffs might be someone that is able to to win us a series so i like it the 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 main question is just you'd have to trade for him because technically he's still under contract with the suns rudy gay you know i heard that they revitalized people's careers down in phoenix so rudy gay might fit just right in there (laughs) i mean chris paul about the same age i think well that's the knock on on crowder right is like he can shoot, but if he hits one, he usually jacks another one up. I think he makes up for it on the defensive end. But if if the Phoenix Suns don't want him, which blows my mind, what with what they're trying to do as far as defense, um, and are are looking for a big shooter, Rudy Gay would fit perfect. But what what are the contracts? Do their contracts even match up? We'd have to give them more than just Gay. I feel. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I don't know what Jay makes this year. Let's look it up. Hang on. Bleak uh, Beasley, maybe? Yeah, I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be okay I'd with be that. I'd be hesitant to add Beasley in there, though, for him. Yeah, I'd be there. Just, just for more point of fact, actually, Jay Crowder yeah. didn't leave in free agency. You could he do... Was, uh, Mike, he was part of the Mike Conley trade. So he, his salary right now is $9.25 million, I believe... Gay is somewhere around six million, so you could do what cash consideration? Yeah, I like it. He's thirty-two years I'm, old. I'm sure we can absorb some cash with getting rid of Donovan and Rudy's contracts. That'd be. <laughs> should, should we? Should we? Should, I mean, Rudy in a first round. Should we get a? Should we get it trending on Twitter? Uh, Jay Crowder to the Jazz. Everyone just tag him in like every single post. Say we want you. Oh, yeah. I think we should do it. I think so. <laughs> so hey, uh, Philly plays Atlanta that night before. Okay, I thought I saw that, but I wasn't sure if that was a past game. So that's going to be a tough game for them too. I, I feel like we have the upper hand as far as the game before uh, with Washington. It is at home though, so. <clears throat> both of their both of Philly's games are home, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm excited. I I uh, remember when we right before we were playing Dallas, um, I felt like that was I was kind of teetering. Like, oh man, this could be a, a point where we go below 500, or we could catch fire. And luckily, we caught fire. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's so fun with this Jazz team to see 
the next matchup because it's just like the next big test, at least with these teams that are supposed to be good. And Atlanta and Philly are are perfect, especially seeing how we match up as far as the East goes. Um, when we do yeah, play... Atlanta should give them a tough game the night before, though. So Yeah, I think so. I think Atlanta's a tough team. They might eat... I think they might be able to beat them. Um, when we play f- the 76ers in your guys' mind, what do we have to do in order to win? You know, uh, uh, force Embiid out of the paint. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the best way to force someone out of the paint I've seen is you get that um, marketing and Kessler combo going. This might be very basic. But rebound the ball like we've been doing. We're a very good team. I mean, I know that third quarter was kind of atrocious today. But oh, bad. We're a very, very good team rebounding team. Good team rebounding team. We don't just have one guy who's going to get us 14 boards. We're going to have Mark and get eight. Vanderbilt get nine. I don't know how Kelly Olynyk stands at seven feet and can get four (laughs) rebounds. But I, I think. If we could control the rebounds against the 76ers, and yes, I second the getting Embiid out of the paint. I'm all I'm cool if he drops seven threes against us. If he does, that's just that's just that's that happens. But I'd like to I'd I'd like to see him make seven. What is the other Philadelphia 76er that we need to keep under control, or maybe just not make a, a factor in the game? Maxi, because I mean he he can catch fire. But he's like he's literally a Jordan Clarkson type type player. If if he's hitting two threes in the first quarter, all of a sudden that the rim becomes the ocean, and every, he's going seven of seven and has thirty something points at halftime against whoever they whoever he did that against the other night. I mean, I think it's Maxi. So force him off the three point line and force him B to shoot threes. So. Yeah, I agree. Has James Harden become irrelevant? Or are we not? Are we no longer scared of the beard? Oh, he's out. For how long? He's out for a month. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, we're not scared of the beard when we play him. <laughs> awesome. I know Tobias Harris, when he went there, was a big deal. He's been kind of a letdown. Not kind of. He has been a letdown for them. Um, who else is on their team? Help me remember. I, I can't even th- think. Austin Rivers isn't there anymore. They got the Jack Niang. Niang. Our boy Niang. How could we forget about Niang? Minivan. <laughs> minivan bro he pissed me off in the playoffs what if minivan beats us on a last second shot <laughs> oh if it comes down to that i think we just live with it i think that's actually how if we do lose that's how i would want to lose i'd be like okay former jazz man beats us that's fine give him his glory cool. all right well uh what time is it, man? Oh, it's ten. It feels like it's so late because usually we're doing these till like midnight. I kind of love these early games because then I'm not as tired at work. Um, but if anyone else wants to speak, you better request in the next thirty seconds because this space is about to end. Uh, um, let's just go around the the league real quick. Check scores. Lakers, <laughs> you're gonna lose again. Eighty two ninety five. Looks like Cleveland's up by five right now. We already said uh, Dallas lost, Portland won, Denver won. Uh, You got Detroit. Oh, wait. I've got my screen on the wrong screen. 
Well, now I just lost it. Detroit. Did Detroit beat Milwaukee? They doubt it. They did not. Nope. They double. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean the Thunder played Milwaukee? Oh, Thunder and Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at Detroit and Boston. Thunder and Milwaukee went to double overtime in Milwaukee warm. Dang. That's, and, uh, What's his name hit a a lot like with 0.6 seconds how did they how did they how did they force overtime when there was 0.6 seconds and they were up by 1 I have no idea and Giannis Giannis and uh Holiday didn't play I'm going to have to go figure out what happened there cuz I was all excited that he hit that shot um it was a, it was a Trevor Booker tip in again No Dude, what if we brought Trevor Booker back? <laughs> no, don't do <laughs> uh, Memphis beat San Antonio by two close games. San Antonio, their uh, rookie's looking really good. The, the kid with the pink hair, I can't remember his name now. I actually think he died it again. He's, he, yeah, he's the new Dennis Rodman. Um, yeah, Milwaukee beats Oklahoma. You guys already said that, so... Double over T, double OT. Let's go look at standings because I believe with no, uh, with no Giannis, <gasps> no Drew Holiday, Who? no, uh, Who's no first? four starters, basically. Guys, in the Western Conference, we are the first. We are the number one team in the Western Conference above the Phoenix Suns with their win tonight. Yeah, just need to hear, the people in the back need to hear that. No more tanking. And then I believe, let's see. Yeah, Milwaukee. So had Milwaukee lost tonight, we would have been the number one team in the league, I believe, as far as winning percentage. So things are looking up with Washington Saturday and then Philadelphia or, yeah, Philadelphia Sunday. We could easily be the number one team in the league by the end of the week. That's something to get excited about. We, our schedule has just been so hard so if we can yeah this was supposed to be the toughest part of our schedule yeah i know if we can start getting some of these easy games like if we can get the rockets not on a back-to-back if we can get Detroit not on a back-to-back or like we we could really start piling some wins so this atlanta game was the game that we could have potentially lost on this road trip oh easy yeah yeah i thought it was for sure a loss i'm not gonna lie yeah i thought i i wasn't I mean, the way that the team's been playing, I'm like, yeah, we could win, but it wasn't one where it's like, oh, we've got this. Um, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. Philadelphia. Like, I think, I think, yeah, you're probably right that this game was more likely to lose than even the Philadelphia game. Philadelphia is only five and six. They don't have James Harden. I don't feel they've been playing very well. The the one thing that is nerve wracking about them is Joel Embiid, and just if we have someone that can slow him down enough. Um, but I feel like we could beat them on with three point shots, which we've we've shot the three pretty well. So um, I'm gonna wrap this up. Nobody else has requested to speak. I appreciate all of you guys tuning in. It, it literally is growing every single time we do this. We do it before every game, a half hour before every game. We don't do a podcast. We usually just do the podcast and record after the game because it's more fun to get reactions than the preview. But um Sometimes on the previews, we get someone from the opposing team on. We've had someone from the Houston Rockets, the Denver Nuggets. Um, I believe one other. Oh, the Pelicans. He was from Australia. He was a really cool guy. So uh, tune in. Share it with your friends. If you guys listen to podcasts, we're on all of them. 
Um, the, the biggest one is Apple Podcast. We're getting listeners from Finland, uh, Germany, uh, Mexico, all over the world. Uh, and we, I believe we just hit like 800 downloads or something. Uh, we're, we're getting about, our audience is about 200 people. So um, if, if you really don't want to be on the podcast, I recorded this whole thing. Let me know and uh, just don't come next time. <laughs> too bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like any, anybody said anything too incredibly crazy. Where I, where, where I am, uh, is this where I... Um, tell people to listen to Hitting the High Notes on, po- uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yep. KSOSports.com. Hitting uh, the High uh, Notes. KSL Sports Live with Sam Farnsworth. At Samsworth underscore KSL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is definitely a spot. We're all junkies here, so, like, I'll literally, literally go listen to all these podcasts just because I'm a, I'm a jazz junkie. Like, I like, I like listening to it, and uh, it makes my day go quicker, so... Um, yeah, go, f- go follow and, uh, high notes. We appreciate you tuning in and, uh, sharing your thoughts on here. It's always fun to get you guys on, um, go jazz Great review. Five stars, five star reviews, do all the good things that you're supposed to do on social media to make the algorithms tip in our favor and good night jazz are 10 and three number one in the Western conference finals. And we are rolling, baby. Don't use that T word anymore. No more T word, Jazz fans. Yes, sir. Good night. The other four.